I'm Michael McMullen, this is the World Snooker Tour podcast, and there never seems to be a time in the game when there isn't some exciting young talent emerging from Wales, and that certainly applies to the young man who joins me this week, it's Jackson Page. Jackson, thanks for coming along. Yeah, cheers. What is it about the Welsh scene? There's just always players coming through, and it seems to be a never-ending production line of guys going all the way back to the legends of the past, like Reardon and Griffiths and Mountjoy, and then your good friend Mark Williams, Matthew Stevens, and now guys like you. There's just such a strong snooker culture in Wales. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely a hotbed for snooker, especially South Wales. You know, is is. I think pretty nearly every player on tour is South Wales, so mm. this speaks for itself, really. But yeah, I mean, the junior game has always been, you know, thriving in Wales. Maybe, maybe not a little bit at the moment because I'd say there is a lacking of youngsters, but it is improving from recent years. So hopefully, it'll carry on in the future. But yeah, this it's always been a massive, massive for snooker more than any other sport, really, apart from rugby, maybe. And what was your introduction to the game? I mean, I was just a baby. I was just a baby. They got me a little tiny snooker queue, a little tiny table, and it just went from me. And then uh, I think I was six when I went down uh, on the full-size table down uh, Mark Williams Snooker Club. And how on earth did you reach? Did you have a, a milk crate or something <laughs> to stand on? Uh, to be honest, I can't remember. Mm. Um, I think I could reach, but I'm, pff, I'm not sure. Yeah. So... At an early age, you were being talked about as someone who had a lot of talent. And um, When you were only 15, you got a place in the Welsh Open, and you made it through to the last 32, and it brought huge attention. So how did you deal with all that? Was it something you were comfortable with? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved every minute of it. I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, when I seen the draw, I remember seeing the draw, and uh, I was thinking, oh, just get the TV against Judd, and mm. it'd be a well good event for my first ever time. And uh, that's what I did. It, it, a bit drama, dramatic the way I done it, but yeah, I mean, I was just, I was absolutely buzzing then. And then whatever happened after that, it was a bonus. It seemed after that that there was hardly a month went by you weren't winning something in the amateur game. You won so many underage titles at European and world level. That's obviously before you try to make your mark on the professional game. But it means by the time you come onto the circuit full time, you've got that winning habit and you've learned how to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Yeah, I was winning most of the junior stuff, really, and uh, it put you in good stead for when you do get on. But obviously since then, uh, I haven't really had a trophy to add to that cabinet since I turned pro. So, I mean, hopefully soon uh, I can start doing it again. It's interesting to hear you saying that, though, because you've only been on the tour a few years, so most people wouldn't expect to have won something by now. Does that mean (laughs) that when you did come on the circuit, you would have thought that you would be winning tournaments early on? Um, Yeah, definitely, I think. I went to every tournament planning on winning it, you know, mm-hmm. planning on bringing the trophy home. Obviously, it's a lot harder than that. It doesn't just happen. Uh, I would have liked it to, but <laughs> no, it just it don't work like that. You've got to learn your trade. And, you know, I feel like I'm doing that now and improving. The fact that you'd had that great run at the Welsh Open where you got to the last 32 and you'd won all those amateur titles, it created a lot of expectation. But it seems as though in contrast to some players who struggle with that, you absolutely thrived on it. And if anything, you talked yourself up, which showed a great confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the big stage. Um, I may not always win on the big stage, but mm. I enjoy every minute of it. I much prefer it than going to some qualifiers and stuff like that. I love being on the TV. And, you know, I've always been like that. Is that something you found from the very first time, that <coughs> when you got out there to play on the main table under the lights, you thought, oh, I really love this? Yeah, yeah, it's just no other feeling than when you play well on the TV and when everything's flowing. 
um, it just it's just a different game, I think, to when you're not on TV, which is you know it's massive. So 2019, you came onto the tour full time. How did you find it at first in terms of the standard and how you matched up against it? Yeah, I, I didn't have a bad first year if I remember right. Uh, it wasn't you know it wasn't terrible. It was okay. Uh, second year wasn't great. Partly my own fault, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it was tough. It was tough. And when you say partly your own fault, Jackson, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, the second year, I probably thought I sort of made it. So I thought I don't think I was working as hard as I probably should have. I was maybe on the golf course, or I was doing something else, and maybe not working as hard as I should have. But I, I put that right straight away. I, mm. I went to Q school, worked hard, and I've worked hard ever since. So. And obviously, uh, it's starting to improve. In a way, that was maybe a good thing that you got relegated off the tour because it caused you to look at what you were doing and yeah. make those changes. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it gives you a kick up the butt, and uh, you know, and since then I've I've been all right. So your second year on the tour was what's known as the COVID season, and everything, almost everything, anyway, was being played behind closed doors in Milton Keynes. Not exactly what you would have dreamt of growing up that the life oh. of a pro snooker player was going to be like. So, did you find that tough? Um, I didn't really mind going to Milton Keynes all the time. I quite liked it there. Um, obviously, you're not traveling the world. Like you, you miss the China events and stuff like that, which is really important, I think, on the tour. And uh, you know, there's a it's a big gap without them. So it kind of wasn't great because you, you was no China qualifiers and you wasn't traveling to China or I know India. I think was mm. on at the time, and obviously that new event, Saudi Arabia, didn't go ahead. So. It was a big hit for everyone, I think. Was that part of the motivation when you <coughs> went to the Q School in 2021 that you thought things are going to open up again, maybe we'll be getting to travel around a bit more I mean, and I want to be part of that? I just, I realised obviously I, I wasn't as good as I thought I was at the time and I had to work harder. So that's what I did because I wanted to be the best and I still do. So it's it's just, you've got to work hard. And how was the Q School for you then? Um, yeah, you know, I got through the first event, so I, I pre- pretty much after the first couple of rounds, pretty much strolled through then, you know, which mm. obviously I expected to do because I probably I was in. So, yeah, I was just uh, happy to get back through. And not long into your first <laughs> season back on the tour, you had a very good run at the Northern Ireland Open, got to the last 16, in a really strong position against Ricky Walden, but ended up losing uh, in a final um, frame finish. That's as close as you've come to a quarter final so far. Yeah, I um, I remember the game. We we didn't start till ten o'clock in the night. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I was two 0 up, three two up, and at this point, I don't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really see. It was like just through tiredness. Yeah, we're just hanging about. I played a game earlier on in the day as well. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it was just all about trying to get through then, and obviously I didn't. And that's one of five times now that you've been in the last 16 of a ranking event, Jackson. When you have a stage of a tournament that you keep getting to and you're not getting any further, does that become then a bit of a barrier and you feel if you can just get over that and get to a last eight that you can really have something to build on? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, obviously, I know now that I've not been to a quarters and I've had a few last 16s. So it's kind of, it does get in your head a little bit. You're like, oh, come on now. It's one table set up and stuff, you know. But I know it'll, I know it'll come. Obviously, I want to do a lot better than the last 16 and quarters, do you know what I mean? So um, it'll just, I know it'll happen soon. It sounds like you're quite impatient for it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all, that you're not someone who's just satisfied with making a little bit of an impact and gradually building up. You feel you have the talent to be in there at the business end of events already. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think 
I proved a little bit of that in the World Championships. So, you know, I feel like if I bring that form, obviously not the last game, but if I bring that form to uh, any tournament, any any match, I'm going to be tough to beat. And what is it that can make the difference, that can turn you from someone who gets to last 16s into getting further than that? Do you need to become a better player, or do you feel you're good enough already but just need to bring I it I feel more? like it's consistency. Yeah. I mean, we can all do it, but it's doing it regularly, like, you know, like your Robertsons and, you know, like, you know, he's he's the, the standout player that, that's so consistent. You know, Kyron's the same. Obviously, you've got a class of 92 as well. Um, and I feel like it's just consistency and a bit of a bit of flair. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it comes with age and practice and, Experience, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Um, but it's everything's improving, so it's going the way I like it. And maybe you need to take the pressure off yourself a bit and just accept that if you keep building steadily in time, it will all come together for yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's no pressure on me now. Uh, this year, I had a good good run in the world last year. Just mm. keep winning as many games as I can. Hopefully, uh, you know, go deep in a few and climb the rankings. Let's do the quick fire round now, Jackson. What's the best <coughs> holiday you've ever been on? Although oh. at your age, maybe you've not been on that many yet. Um, I've been on many. Me, uh, me and my girlfriend we just went to Parfos in Cyprus. Oh, so, lovely. yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Yeah. The best anyone's ever played against you? I gotta say, Mark at the <laughs> yeah. Crucible was just insane. But also, a couple of weeks ago, I played Higgins, and he was. You know, he, he done incredibly well, I thought. So, yeah. Best movie you've ever seen? Wolf of Wall Street. Now, you may get a blank look from me here, given the age difference between us, but what sort of music do you like? Um, a bit of everything, you know. Uh, I come from a musical background. My mum and dad both singers. Oh, right. So, yeah, and I, I, I dabble a bit myself. But, yeah, so I'm a bit of everything. I probably lean towards... 90s, 2000s. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. And what might be your party piece, Jackson? If someone asked you to get up and do a song, what would you oh, offer? Anything Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and finally, in the quick fire round, what's the best thing so far about being a professional snooker player? Um, I think obviously there is a lot of stress involved because you're practicing and you want to do well, but it's, it's you can kind of do your own thing as well. You can make your work around what you want to do you can mm. still work hard but you have a little bit more freedom I'd say than other things and you can do things and obviously the travelling and is added on and it's just a bonus but especially when you win there's no other feeling so I, th- I feel like in any sport there's no there's, there's no comparison to when you win and the joy you get I, I don't think any other sort of job has that you alluded there to the World Championship last season, and I really want to get your thoughts on that. Let's talk first of all about the qualifying rounds. And as that was building up, could you feel the dream getting closer? And how aware were you of the fact that this was a big chance to reach that landmark moment in any young player's life? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really. I just wanted to get through. I just it was not not really a dream to get through because obviously I want to do a lot better than that, and I expect myself to. So it was just a, another qualifying tournament for me, really. Just get through to the main stages. Uh, that's the way I thought of it. And, yeah, I played some good stuff. That probably helped you in a way because so many people there are so intense about the fact <laughs> that it is the Crucible and the World Championship. If you can treat it as just another tournament, then that's got to help. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I don't really care why it's got all the hype of 
of qualifying for the Crucible because it's just another event. Is it is insane when you're there? Actually, being there is a joke. Is so good, but uh, at the end of the day, it's just another qualifying event and. Nothing else really matters. So you don't see it as a as a standout tournament. It's not a particular ambition of yours to win it. When you're there in the main stages, definitely, like it's 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 just a different atmosphere to anything. But I, but I feel like the qualifiers are just the same as any other qualifiers. There's no added atmosphere. I don't think. Sure. So yeah, but when you're there, it's insane. And it was pretty insane how you finished off your first match against Barry Hawkins, such an established Crucible campaigner. But you managed to beat him on your debut. And so many players, you see them getting towards the winning line and they crumble a bit. But you produced your best stuff to finish it off in what had been a close match up to then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started well and finished well, which is what you kind of want to do, really, in a, in a match. You know, I, I took a little bit of a bad blow at the end of the first session. Um, Barry needed a snooker, uh, looking like one seven two up, and he got it, and it went 6-3. Then all of a sudden, second session, he started coming back a bit, and I was like, oh, here we go. But I managed to take two good chances at the end to uh, win it, yeah, and it was a great feeling. And this black got 135 to finish the match in so impressive a style. And he's going like Mark Williams, and it's there. Brilliant, brilliant performance from the Welshman, Jackson Page, on his debut. Standard ovation for the young man, quite rightly too. What a way to win a match. Two centuries, and he beats Barry Hawkins by ten frames to seven. And then you're in the second round, and you're up against Mark Williams, who, as we'll discuss, has been such a big part of your life. He goes 7-0 up, he goes on to win 13-3. But it was absolutely outrageous how well he played in that match. And you couldn't possibly have come away thinking, oh, I've let myself down there, because he just didn't let you play. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be 8-0 down that first session. Yeah. It looked, it looked like I went 8-0, and uh, I didn't really do anything wrong. I, I, I can't name one thing that I'd done wrong. He was just... I mean, I break off, leave him on the top because he's dropping reds in long range. And I mean, you kind of want him to go for them reds because they know often going to get them. But he got every single one, and you, know, you just can't fault there. So he's been a big part of your life, as we say. He's been a real mentor to you since you were just a child, basically. How did that come about in the first place? I started in the club when I was six. Obviously, no one really knew I was. I was a little kid going to play snooker, but. When I was about eleven, I started playing for the team in the cl- in the in the club, and uh, started playing the, the started doing better in the Welsh events and stuff. Um, and when I was about thirteen, uh, Simon, who owns the club with Mark, he came up to me and you know we, we sorted out sort of so he sort of man sort of took me in his wing, managed me as did Mark, and obviously Mark Skinner, my sponsor, mm. and it all went from there really. Yeah. And what? sort of a role does he play now is he just an advisor or is he just a mate you have on the tour does he still try to guide you in any way or are you just um, friends now a bit of everything really yeah I mean he definitely advised me in every aspect of snooker you mean and mm-hmm. on and off the table so you know I can't thank him enough for that um, obviously we're good mates as well you know we give him cards we, you know so go for food and yeah it's, it's great you wouldn't get it in other sports, would you? Because you've got an established champion who's still a top player. You're coming through as someone who could potentially be a threat to him and beating him in big finals in a few years' time, and yet he's helping you along the way. So it's very generous of him to do all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite like the idea of you know helping the future talent mm. you know that's coming through. As me and Matt now, we're also Liam, we got in the club with us. He's mm. only 16. Liam uh, Davies? Yeah, yeah, I think he's 16. 
and again, you know, Mark and myself, we, we we all have a game in the club, and uh, you know, he's improving well as well. And what sort of an atmosphere is it practicing with Mark? Because we know how laid back he is, but does he have his game face on and practice, or is he joking around? I mean, he's still serious. We're all serious. We'd play um, if the three of us are in a club. Sometimes we'd play a little game of points, so it's like five p a point. All right. So it can get a bit serious then, yeah, <laughs> because when there's money involved. <laughs> yeah. You're now 21 years of age, and most people would say you've done pretty well in the game so far, but it sounds like you really feel now that you're at a place where you need to kick on and move up to the next level. <coughs> um, yeah, definitely. I don't feel like I've done as well as I would have liked to have at this stage. I feel like I would have liked to do more by now. But obviously I can put that right. It's up to me to put that right. just going to... You know, get my head down and win more matches. <laughs> and it sounds like you are getting your head down at the moment, Jackson, and that you are dedicated to the practice and you're not letting up on that. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm. I definitely feel I'm smarter with it now as well. I'm, when I was younger, you know, uh, quality not quantity as well is a mm. massive thing because you can easily burn yourself out as well, which I have done in the past. So, yeah, I feel like it's all just nice at the moment. And we talked about that last 16 barrier that you've got to a few times without being able to cross it. If you get beyond that, which I think most people agree will happen in the not-too-distant future, and you find yourself in a semi-final and a final, it sounds like you feel you'll be very well able to cope with the pressure and you won't shy away from it at all. And if the title's there to be won, you feel you're ready to do that already. Yeah, I like to think so, you know. Um, I know if I play well, like, well, the Higgins game was a you know, uh, an example of that, you know. I've played really good, I've missed one ball and I've lost the match. Mm. I mean, I don't feel like there's many players that could do that to you if you play that standard, apart from John and maybe one or two others, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I feel like if I play like that, then he'll come. And when you look at so many of the great players in the game, when they win their first title, it often happens quite suddenly. They haven't been knocking on the door. They haven't been getting to finals. There's a lot of hype about them, and they get to a few quarters in the last 16s. And then suddenly they make that leap forward and never look back after that. So do you see it going that way for you, if you can get a first title on the board over the next few years, yeah. that you'll remain a top player from that point on? Yeah, I like to think so. I think when, when I get there, I'll stay there. I think uh, that's the plan anyway. That's what you need, really. You, you get our first big win, gives you that confidence, and you might follow it up with another one, and all of a sudden you, you're guaranteed there for two years anyway. And do you have much time for life away from the game? What else do you like to do aside from snooker? Um, I, I'm quite. I'm a keen uh, hobbyist when it comes to like the fish keeping, like fish oh, aquariums right. and stuff. Yeah. Um, Mark's into that as well, isn't he? Or he did. He used to do some angling, no. I think, years ago. Uh, no, he's, that's actual fish. I mean, like the aquariums and stuff. Oh know? right, in, uh, keeping them at home. Yeah, oh, yeah I see. I'm, I'm right. well into all that. Like, yeah. I have like garage full of fish tanks and stuff, different mm-hmm. rare fish and all stuff like that. And, I've always been into that, but I had, I pushed that slightly on the back burner now. Obviously, working hard with the snooker, you don't have as much time for mm. stuff. You don't have time for stuff like that. I got a couple, but and yeah, I, obviously I spend a lot of time with my family, and yeah, I just play snooker. And you mentioned golf there as well. Are you any good? Uh, eight point six at the okay, moment. So very good. I haven't played in months, so a long time. Um, so I probably wouldn't be that now. <laughs> And one thing that's been missing really over the last couple of years, obviously, is the China event. So you've not got to experience that very much. Is that something that you would really love to see coming back onto the circuit and go and play in those far-off places? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last one before COVID I went to was Yushan, 
and uh, they just finished the new arena and it was really really good uh, but they hadn't finished like the food court and the hotel and stuff to go with it so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to when China does go back on and hopefully qualify for all them events. And ultimately, Jackson, where do you see it all leading? I know there's a huge amount of expectation on you. You don't seem to be bothered by that in the slightest, which is obviously fantastic. If you were to look now to the end of your career, which obviously is a long way off, what do you feel you'll need to have achieved by then to be satisfied? Um, I don't want to come across cocky, but I want to be the best, and I wouldn't be playing if I didn't want to be the best. So... You know, it may happen, it may not, but uh, if, it, if I wanted to, it's going to have to start happening pretty soon. <laughs> when you, you look at what Mark did, where he became world number one, world champion three times, so that's what you have in your sights, all that? Yeah, definitely, and yeah, I win everything. That's, you know, like like all the greats are done, so obviously i got to get a move on. <laughs> well, listen, it's definitely not going to happen if you don't have the belief, so it's great to see you have so much confidence. You're one of the most exciting things, I think, to happen in the game in recent years, and we look forward with great excitement to seeing what the future holds for you. Thanks so much for Cheers. sharing for your me. thoughts with us. Cheers, thank you. And next time, it's Stephen Hendry. I remember times where I'd be in the Far East, having won a tournament or even not won a tournament, and basically I land in an airport and going straight to the club to practice, or winning a tournament in the UK, on a Sunday night and being back in the practice table, if not Monday, Tuesday. Because as I always thought, it was like it was my job just to win tournaments. It wasn't like win a tournament. It was a road this long road, huge effort to win a tournament and then enjoy it and chill out and celebrate. It was okay, job done. When's the next one? So that's coming up next time on the World Snooker Tour podcast. And don't forget our bonus content, the 147, rounding up the week's snooker headlines in 147 seconds, out every Tuesday and available to download at wst.tv. Until next time, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.